The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in to The Look Ahead. I'm Scott Seidenberg, broadcasting live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. Hope everybody enjoyed their week two NFL Sunday, and it's time to look ahead to what's coming next. You can follow the show on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R, or the entire network at VSIN Live. A couple of takeaways from week two Sunday in the NFL. And the first thing that comes to my mind is not to write anybody off. Last week, we talked about overreactions from week one and how we would parlay that into our week two analysis. Well, here in week two, the theme is don't write anybody off. Don't write off the Baltimore Ravens after they lose in week one to the Raiders. Don't write off the Titans after they got embarrassed by the Arizona Cardinals. Don't write off the Vikings after they lost to the Bengals. Don't write off the Bills after losing as a favorite to the Steelers, the Bears, the Cowboys. You can't write anybody off. It's way too early, first of all, in the NFL season to do that. But also, we just don't know who these teams are this season just yet. Speaking of not writing anybody off, you also have to be careful not to crown anybody. You want to go ahead and crown them? You crown them. Don't crown anybody just yet. Hold off on the Steelers. You can't do that. After week one, we thought that they were something special. Week two, not so much. The Chiefs, we thought they were something special. We expect them to be something special. They sure looked like something special. But after losing on Sunday night, knock them down a peg. 
The Tampa Bay Bucks. Well, yeah, I guess if you want to crown them, you can go ahead and crown the Tampa Bay Bucks. They're they're they're, they're pretty good. <laughs> uh, but there were certainly some things to take away from here in Week Two Sunday. The most impressive thing I think was the Sunday night shootout. The Ravens and the Chiefs, the over was free. Uh, That was the play of the day in that game was to go with the over. You just knew both offenses were going to come out on fire. Uh, A lot of questionable decisions during the Ravens' uh, opportunities, maybe going for two a little bit too early, things like that, chasing points. But a tremendous defensive stand forcing the fumble. And then going for it on fourth down, I thought was the correct move. I love when coaches are aggressive like that. You can do one of two things. You can put the game in your defense's hands and try and stop the Kansas City Chiefs offense, which no one really can do. And you pretty much weren't able to do all night. Or you put the hands in your best player, in Lamar Jackson, and you let your offense go out there and win the football game. And that's what John Harbaugh did, and it paid off for them as they don't give the ball back to the Kansas City Chiefs after that fumble. The Chiefs did a nice job of forcing the fourth down, but I would have gone for it 10 out of 10 times, and I'm glad that Harbaugh did as well. Smart move, right move. They got the first down. That game was just so impressive to me. Uh, A fantastic watch, and I hope we get to see those two teams again in the postseason. Uh, The Raiders looked very impressive in their victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I personally wanted to take the Steelers and Survivor. I talked about taking the Steelers and Survivor. And the best move that I did today, because there weren't a lot of good moves, but the best move I did was switch off of that and take the Packers and Survivor instead of the Steelers. Best decision that I made all day today, (laughs) because it saved me. However, I did have the Steelers in a teaser, and that lost, so I'm very upset about that. But The Raiders looked very good. Actually, I shouldn't say looked very good. Derek Carr looked very good in this game against Pittsburgh. You see, the Steelers' defense did what you expected them to do. They stymied the run. At one point in this game, and the Raiders only ran for 35 yards, but at one point they had only 17 rushing yards. No Josh Jacobs in this game. Alex Leatherwood got knocked out, and they were just behind from the get-go when it came to the, the ground attack. But Derek Carr was phenomenal. Hunter Renfro just can't be guarded. He had the big deep pass to Henry Ruggs, and he kept his team in it, and he pushed them ahead. And the Steelers' offense, which really comes down to their offensive line trying to find themselves, but the Steelers, their offense, their defense looks great. And even after T.J. Watt left the game, and we'll talk about injuries coming up in a few minutes, but even after T.J. Watt left the game, they still looked good. But offensively, they got to figure things out. Najee Harris is not getting off to the start that Pittsburgh Steelers fans hoped he was going to get off to. Certainly, uh, myself, for holding a Najee Harris Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year ticket, not the start I was hoping he would get off to. But then again, you know, these awards usually come down to the final weeks of the season anyway. But not a good start for the Steelers offense. But the Raiders, maybe we are have to change our opinion about this team and they are a pretty good football team after two weeks. Those are two impressive victories over the Ravens and the Steelers. Uh, the Jets, pretty embarrassing. Speaking of offense rookie of the year, though, Mac Jones, he might be the leader in the clubhouse after two weeks. You think about all the other rookie quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, no. Zach Wilson, certainly not after the four-interception performance 
in this game on Sunday. You, you want to know what's crazy? Zach Wilson became the fourth top five quarterback, rookie quarterback, chosen in the top five, to throw a four interception, zero touchdown game. The previous two quarterbacks to do it were also Jets in Sam Darnold and Mark Sanchez. The first quarterback to do that, uh, and this is going back till you know a certain years, in the last 20 years, I think is the stat. But uh, Alex Smith did it for the 49ers back in 2005. So Zach Wilson joining not a good company, if you will. He was putrid, and he got booed, and he said the right thing afterwards, unlike some of the members of the New York Mets. But uh, he said, yeah, they should boo me. I was bad, and he was bad. And the Jets, not the start that they were hoping to get off to, although they're a team that doesn't have playoff aspirations this year. They're just trying to be competitive in football games and uh, looked okay in the second half last week against the Panthers, this week against the Patriots, not so much. Mac Jones getting the job done for New England as Bill Belichick continues to get the job done against rookie quarterbacks. I'm really impressed by the Vikings bounce back, and the Vikings were a spot that um, I had this week. I had them in my circa picks. Uh, I talked about it all week. The Vikings were the play. It was plus three and a half. It got to plus four by kickoff, and uh, it's not so much that I disrespected the Arizona Cardinals because I know how talented this offense is, and we've seen how great their offense can be through two weeks this season. But Mike Zimmer, 30-15 and 15 in his career with the Vikings against the spread after a loss. Make that 31-15 and 15 as the Vikings cover the line here against the Cardinals. Failed to pick up an outright win because of a missed field goal at the end. And uh, stop me if you've heard that before, Vikings fans. A missed field goal causing you a win. But the Vikings do cover the line. Very impressed by their bounce-back performance. And this is a team that's not going to be as bad uh, as we saw in week one against the Bengals. And I just think that that was an overreaction uh, from the get-go because I don't think the Bengals are a bad football team. The Bengals, they Joe Burrow looked bad here against on Sunday against the Chicago Bears. But they also showed fight. You know, they came up with a big interception late in the game. They wound up pushing the early number of three if you got that game in it earlier in the week. But by the time it kicked off, it went down to one and a half or even or two. So the Bears still wind up covering. But now the Bears are in a whole different situation because Justin Fields likely to take over for the injured Andy Dalton. More on injuries coming up in just a few moments. Titans with a huge bounce back, a wild finish against the Seahawks in overtime. Uh, I pretty much wrote off the Titans after that week one disaster against the Cardinals, and I wrote them off here against the, the, the Seahawks when they were down, especially down in the fourth quarter. But a tremendous comeback. Derrick Henry had a long touchdown run. He seems to be back on track, and uh, they pick up a huge win for themselves on the road, covering a big line as a touchdown underdog, they win it outright. Uh, also, a big spread was the Broncos and the Jaguars, but the Broncos handle their business. They win by 10. Uh, I stayed away from this spot only because I was worried about back-to-back road games to start the year for the Broncos. You know, the whole traveling East thing, playing in the heat of Jacksonville, I thought might be at a little bit of a disadvantage. I never thought they were going to lose the game. I had them in a couple of teaser pieces unfortunately, with the Steelers. But uh, the fact that they go out and cover cover the spread was very impressive. And also impressive covering the spread was the the Browns game against the Texans. 
this was a heavy line, got up to 13, and the Browns win by 10. The Texans had a lead early in this game, and uh, you, you knew it was going to be a fight from the start. So a uh, good performance by the Texans covering against the Browns. Uh, underdogs ruled in week one. In week two, favorites kind of uh, had their opportunities. The Bills covered. The Rams, depending on the line that you got, they won by three. If you got the Colts at three and a half, you covered. If you had it maybe earlier in the week or you got it at a different line or you got it at three, you wound up pushing. But the Rams win by three. Uh, the Bears, I mentioned the line moving that one. It was one and a half at kickoff, so the Bears wind up covering. The Bills just blowing out the Dolphins, Tua with the injury. That was unfortunate for them, and we'll see what happens with him moving forward. But the Bills cover easily. The Patriots cover easily. 49ers cover against the Eagles. The Eagles were everyone's darling. Everyone thought that they were going to be the team to cover at plus three and a half, and also the over in that game. That was supposed to be a high-scoring game. And it wasn't 17-11. The Niners beat the Eagles. Speaking of a game that was supposed to be high scoring, Cowboys and Chargers. That was really disappointing because uh, the Chargers had two touchdowns called back due to penalties. And it was just a a gut-wrenching performance because you thought at times that the Chargers were going to be able to score and score and score. And they were not able to. We'll get into the injury report coming up in just a few minutes. But first, let me tell you about Indeed. Indeed hires, Indeed helps you hire great people fast. Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We will get to the injury report coming up next. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. 
As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now available 24-7 on the YouTube TV Sports Plus package. Sign up today at tv.youtube.com to start your free trial. And remember, you can also watch us 24-7 on Fubo TV, Sling, and Xfinity X1. Visit vcin.com to find all the ways to watch and listen to vcin. Scott Seidenberg back here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We are talking about Week 2 Sunday in the NFL. We'll take a look at the Week 3 lines coming up in just a few moments. But two storylines I took away from Week 2 Sunday. One, the officiating in the NFL was just atrocious today on Sunday. There were uh, taunting penalties, which I understand that they want to uh, lesson they want to kind of emphasize that call but there were some brutal ones you know a guy scoring a touchdown spinning the football on the ground gets a taunting penalty uh you know guy deflects a football uh, uh the Bengals Browns Bengals uh Bears game guy deflects a football and kind of just like talks smack to Andy Dalton and gets a 15-yard penalty and turning a instead of a punting situation into a first down it's just atrocious just, you know, calls like that that are changing the outcome of the game really, really have to be managed. Uh, the job of an NFL referee is to really not be noticed during a game. And I felt that a lot of times here on Sunday, we noticed the NFL officials. The other thing was the injuries. It was a brutal day for injuries in the league, and especially when it came to the quarterbacks. We had several starting quarterbacks exit their games with injuries. Uh, Baker Mayfield, this is one that didn't, uh, you know, exit the game, but he told reporters after the game that his left shoulder popped in and out after making a tackle following an interception. He briefly went to the locker room, 
but he did not miss a snap and he finished the game. But that's certainly going to be something to monitor moving forward this week. As for quarterbacks that wound up leaving the game and not coming back, Andy Dalton suffered a knee injury in the first half of uh, the Bears game against the Bengals. He did not return to the game. Justin Fields took over, and you have to wonder if now Justin Fields takes over for the remainder of the season. Uh, We'll see how serious that Andy Dalton injury is. For the Texans, Tarod Taylor was ruled out after hurting his hamstring during a touchdown run. And uh, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network reported that Taylor is not expected to play on Thursday against the Panthers. He will have an MRI on Monday. He was replaced by rookie Davis Mills. So uh, he is likely going to be out on Thursday. Terod Taylor out for the Texans. Elsewhere, quarterbacks Carson Wentz left in the fourth quarter with an apparent ankle injury. He did not return. Jacob Eason finished the game. And when it comes to Carson Wentz and injuries, you're automatically concerned. When it comes to Carson Wentz and foot injuries, you're extra concerned because he's coming off a foot injury and surgery this offseason. So have to see what happens with Carson Wentz, but that could be a bad one for uh, the the Indianapolis Colts, who are already dealing with a a bad situation uh, for them. Elsewhere around the league, T.J. Watt of the Steelers left the game with a groin injury. He tried to tough it out. I was watching that game, and he tried to, and then he just ran to the sideline and just, you know, holding his groin. He couldn't do it. So he left the game and uh, didn't play in the second half, and he was, um, you know, in street clothes for the second half. So uh, that's something to monitor because even without him, the Steelers' defense did look okay but he's the heart and soul of that defense, and you know he's the front runner for the defensive player of the year already through two weeks in the NFL. He's absolutely just tremendous. Uh, other injuries: Taylor Lewan, offensive tackle for the Titans, um, he injured his knee in pregame warmups. Uh, very interesting for that one. He also had a terrible uh, Week One performance, so maybe it was better for the Titans that he didn't play in Week Two. Uh, I don't mean that, but, you know, come on. Uh, The Eagles, big injury. Brandon Graham, defensive end, left the game with an ankle injury. The initial diagnosis from the team is a torn Achilles. He'll undergo an MRI on Monday to confirm the injury. But Nick Sirianni said that they are fearful that it is a serious injury. So if uh, they lose Brandon Graham, and this is a defense that has played really well to start the season, uh, but they lose Brandon Graham, and that's going to be a huge blow to them defensively. And then the other quarterback that left the game was Tua. Uh, Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa exited the game with a rib injury, and he was ruled out. Jacoby Brissett took over for the Dolphins. So those are some of the big injuries to some of the players. Um Around the league, there's a couple of minor, you know, other players. Rams running back, Daryl Henderson, exited the game early against Indy. Um, Alex Leatherwood, rookie offensive tackle for the Raiders. He was ruled out of the game. He left early for them against the Steelers. Uh, Niners defensive lineman, uh, Kevin Givens, suffered suffered an ankle injury. Running backs, Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell, and Jamichael Hasty all left with injuries. Their running back room has just been decimated. 
for the 49ers. Um, for the Jaguars, tight end James O'Shaughnessy left the game. Uh, elsewhere, Panthers left guard Pat Elflin. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker for the Bills, he did not return after being questionable. He left the game with cramping. Um, but the biggest story is, oh, and Amari Cooper momentarily left the game for the Cowboys, but then he came back in. It was uh, He was hitting the ribs, but uh, he came back in with no further diagnosis. But the big story is the quarterbacks. It's Tua, it's Dalton, it's Carson Wentz, and it's Taylor. And which of those quarterbacks is going to miss time, uh, how many of them are going to miss time, and how are those injuries going to affect their teams moving forward? In terms of which players are worth more to their teams, the quarterback values of the points, well, there's a couple of uh, different ways to look at it. A couple different websites have quarterback value charts um, in terms of like fantasy rankings and whatnot. But uh, if you're looking at which quarterback out of the ones that got hurt has the highest value, uh, it would be Tua. It would be Tua, then Carson Wentz. This is based off, I think, this season's performance. But Tua, Carson Wentz, and then I guess you would go down to um, Terod Taylor. And, well, maybe Andy Dalton's probably higher on this list because Dalton, although I don't really see Dalton on the list here of quarterback values. But I think it would be more, although Jacoby Brissett is an NFL caliber starting quarterback. Uh, I do think that he can play in this league. He has shown that he can play in this league. And if Tua misses time and Jacoby Brissett does have to be the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, I don't think they take as big of a hit as you would think. Um, Here we go. I got point spread rankings. In terms of point spread rankings, yeah, there's not, oh, yeah, eh, not that big of a drop off uh, with Brissett and with Tua. With Dalton to Justin Fields, I mean, this could be the excuse that the Bears fans wanted, right? Bears fans want to see Justin Fields. They want him to take over for Andy Dalton. And if Dalton's hurt with the knee injury and Justin Fields has to take over, I honestly upgrade the Chicago Bears a little bit. Because Justin Fields' mobility, his running ability, absolutely changes the way that you handicap that offense. So I think it has a a very, you know, positive effect. And I don't mean to, you know, say that negatively about Andy Dalton and root for an injury, but I think everybody expected Justin Fields to take over at some point this season. Some people thought that he should start in week one. But now that Dalton is injured, it could be just the perfect transition time to put Justin Fields in, and it also could give them a cop-out. And what I mean by that is I always felt that it's better to start the veteran and then bring the rookie in uh, because I think once you bring the rookie in, you don't take him out. I, I don't like putting the rookie in, then taking him out, then putting him back in. I think you kind of mess with the rookie's confidence and things like that. Uh, if you're going to put him in, you keep him in for better or for worse. The Jets, they went with Zach Wilson, four interceptions, bad performance. You're not going to take him. You're not going to now start somebody else next week. You're going to move forward with Zach Wilson. But for the Bears, if Justin Fields takes over because Andy Dalton's hurt, now it gives you an out. 
to go back to Andy Dalton once he's healthy. Because then you could just use the injury as the excuse, and it's not the performance as the excuse. That's something worth monitoring. But I think uh, the Bears are probably in the best hands when it comes to losing their starting quarterback because they already have a guy that people expect to be their starter of the future in Justin Fields. Monday Night Football will wrap up week two in the NFL. The Packers and the Lions will preview that game coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow along on Twitter at Scott's on Air. You're watching The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on the look ahead, Scott Sutterberg here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, always on Twitter at Scott's on Air. As we take a look to the conclusion of week two in the NFL, Monday night football, the Lions at the Packers. Both teams looking for a bounce back after week one losses. The Packers, a more disappointing loss because of their season expectations and because of their performance in week one against the New Orleans Saints. The Packers are now 12 point favorites in this game according to DraftKings the total is at 49 they're at home they should start fast the way that they played in week one against the Saints was as bad as you could play to start a season and perhaps because Aaron Rodgers didn't play in the preseason maybe all the turmoil that was going on within that organization with the whether or not Aaron Rodgers was going to be back or not, it could have had an effect, uh, or they just could have been sluggish to start the season, not as prepared. Maybe they didn't have a good camp. There's a lot of reasons why uh, they were not good in that performance. Could also have been the heat down in Jacksonville. Maybe bothered them. Remember, that game was not in New Orleans. It was in Jacksonville because of the hurricane. So many reasons why they were bad in week one, but there's no denying that they were bad. And Aaron Rodgers had one of his worst games. And the two interceptions that he threw were just awful. So you don't expect that type of performance from Aaron Rodgers. You expect a bounce-back performance from Aaron Rodgers. That's what I expect here against the Lions. The game line is high at 12, but I still think they can cover this line. Lions are a bad football team. They, to me might have the worst record in the NFL this season. And I know people were kind of saying that it was going to be the Texans, but I got to tell you, and and, and look, if Terod Taylor is injured and he misses some time, it's going to change things, but the Texans, good performance in week one against the Jaguars, decent performance in week two Sunday against the Browns in a losing effort. They low-key got some talent on that team. Maybe the Texans aren't going to be as bad as everyone thought they were going to be to start the season. But let's take a look at this Monday night game between the Lions and the Packers. Uh, Looking at the game lines, as I said, it's at 12 right now with a total of 49. Um, And if you were looking possibly at the first half, you know, I thought that this could be a play on the first half, but the line is at seven. 
If it was under a touchdown, you'd feel pretty good about it. Uh, anything below seven, six and a half, because then you're like, eh, maybe they lead by a touchdown going into the locker room. It's at seven. The Lions at plus seven is at minus 115. The total for the first half, 24 and a half. I'd be shocked if the Packers didn't go into the locker room with a lead. Uh, I think they'll be in control of this game from the get-go because I think the onus is on them to start fast. With the way that they played in week one, they don't want to lay an egg in their first couple of series because then the crowd might actually start to turn on them. Now, I know it's Lambeau and the crowd is never really going to turn on them, but you might hear some upset fans if they go three and out maybe in their first couple of series. Uh, But I think the offense is going to want to start fast. I think there's going to be some Lambeau leaps and the Packers in the first half would be a look for me, even though it's at seven. I'd, I'd rather it not be, but we'll see how the line moves throughout the course of the day on Monday. If that game line drops from 12 to possibly 11, that first half line could drop as well, but I do expect them to start off fast. Uh, if you're looking at the first quarter, and that's possibly a way that you want to go. The first quarter line is three and a half for the Packers. I don't usually like over a field goal, but this could be a seven nothing at you know at the end of the first quarter. Maybe even more. Maybe the Packers score 14. It's over nine and a half in the first quarter is minus 125. I actually don't hate that. Because I think the Packers could score. I, I think they'll score on every possession. They're probably gonna get two possessions. The thing is when it comes to halftime bets or first half bets or first quarter bets. The coin toss is so important, right? It's a 50-50 proposition. So it's not like, uh, uh, you know, the possessions aren't guaranteed. You don't necessarily, it's not like a second half where you know who's getting the ball first. In the first half, you don't know who's getting the ball first. So the Lions could have an extra possession. The Packers could have an extra possession. It's what makes betting first halves in the NFL or in college football so difficult because you don't necessarily know who's going to have that extra possession. But I do like the Packers to come out here, and uh, I think playing the Packers in, in all sorts of ways is going to wind up being the profitable situation here on Monday night. Uh, looking at the touchdown props, anytime touchdown score, Devontae Adams is minus 150. That is your favorite. Aaron Jones, minus 120. Robert Tunyon, plus 150. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, plus 175. For the Lions, DeAndre Swift is at plus 180, and TJ Hawkinson plus 220. A.J. Dillon is plus 210, if you think the backup running back is going to score a touchdown. Now, on Thursday, I gave you the Daniel Jones anytime touchdown plus 550, and he wound up running in a score. I think that there's value here in Aaron Rodgers Anytime touchdown score plus 400. I think Rodgers might run one in on Monday night. So I think that's the angle to look at here. If you're looking for value on this touchdown prop board, that's where I would go. The uh, Aaron Rodgers plus 400 on the prop. Uh, let's see if the Packers defense is at plus 360. If you think the Packers defense is going to score. 
Uh, some lesser-known players, uh, Amon Ra St. Brown, plus 360. Um, Alan Lazard, plus 350. Randall Cobb, plus 290, if you think he finds the end zone. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, plus 450. Jared Goff's running it himself is plus 600. Darren Fells, plus 700. The Lions defense, plus 750. But I think uh, the value play that I would go here is Aaron Rodgers at plus 400. And how about this? The first touchdown of the game, Aaron Rodgers' first touchdown of the game, plus 2,500. Crazy. Crazy odds. The favorite for the first touchdown of the game is Devontae Adams at plus 500, followed by Aaron Jones at plus 650 for the first touchdown. Uh, For Aaron Rodgers, 281 and a half is his passing yard total. I think he goes above that. I can see a 300-yard performance from Aaron Rodgers because I do think that he would want to control the game, take it over himself, and uh, I expect him to throw the ball all over this Lions defense. Jared Goff, meanwhile, 254.5, and he could go over because I do expect them to be losing, and when you're losing, you know that you're throwing the ball more. Passing touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers, two and a half is the total, and it's plus 110 is the over, minus 145 is the under. Jared Goff, over one and a half, is plus 120, under one and a half, is minus 160. As far as rushing props, Aaron Jones, 67 and a half. DeAndre Swift, 39 and a half. Receiving yards, Devontae Adams, 84 and a half, is minus 115 both ways. 84 and a half for Devontae Adams. Uh, other places, let's see, uh, Valdez Scantling, 38 and a half, Alan Lazard, 32 and a half, Aaron Jones, the running back, 16 and a half, TJ Hawkinson, tight end, 52 and a half. Uh, other rushing props, I mentioned Aaron Jones and DeAndre Swift, AJ Dillon, 35 and a half, and uh, if you want to go further down the list, Jamal Williams, 37 and a half, Jared Goff, eight and a half. No Aaron Rodgers. I'd like to see an Aaron Rodgers rushing prop. Let me see if I can find it under the quarterback props here. Mm, Pass plus rushing yards. And I see that is 290.5 for Aaron Rodgers. So if it's 281.5 for his passing yards, that would make his rushing yards nine yards for Aaron Rodgers to have over nine yards. And I think he will. Um, But he's not on this list, as I see for rushing yards uh but i would go aaron Rodgers over i think aaron Rodgers over the nine or whatever rushing yards that it is it's a low number plus aaron Rodgers plus 400 anytime touchdown would be uh, some fun ways that i would play this packers game and then i do expect the packers to score uh the team total is 30 and a half it's minus 125 juiced to the over so i do think that uh the packers can score and maybe they do get upwards of 30-somewhat points. Coming up next, we will take a look at all the lines for Week 3 in the NFL, which will get underway on Thursday night. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead right here on v the Sports Betting Network. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. 
This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline over under and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here, the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network, taking a look ahead now to week three in the NFL and the lines that are available on the DraftKings Sportsbook. It all starts on Thursday with the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. The Texans could be without quarterback Terod Taylor, most likely. Davis Mills is going to get the start in that one. So the Texans are a seven-point home underdog to the Panthers. Uh, Panthers looking good after their victory, uh, and that was the play of the day. You know, you ever have a play that you just knew was just the right side all along, and uh, you wish you would have just hammered it? Yeah, I should have done that with the Panthers because I was on it. That was probably my best play of the week. Panthers seven-point road favorites against the Houston Texans. And then on Sunday, you got the Browns as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over the Chicago Bears, and it could be Justin Fields at quarterback for Chicago. Uh, We will wait and see and find out as the week progresses the status of Andy Dalton and whether or not Justin Fields will make his first career NFL start. The Arizona Cardinals are seven-point favorites on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Patriots open up as a three-point favorite over the Saints. You have the Colts and Titans from Tennessee. The Titans are a five-point favorite over the Colts. No word yet. Obviously too early on the status of Carson Wentz, but if he is out, that line likely to rise. The Buffalo Bills minus nine and a half against the Washington football team. The Bills look great against the Dolphins, 35-0. Washington coming off extra rest after playing on Thursday night against the Giants. Speaking of those Giants also coming off extra rest, they are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Atlanta Falcons. One of the few games this year that the Giants will be favored in. So we'll see if that's a smart play or if we like the Falcons might like the Falcons, but we'll monitor that as the week moves on. The Bengals and the Steelers from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, four-and-a-half-point favorites, and at first glance, I'll be honest with you, kind of like the Bengals. They played well in week one. Their win over the Vikings. Uh, Joe Burrow was awful against the Bears, yet still they pushed the early line of three. Lost on the late line if you got it in closer to kickoff but the fact that they were able to stay in the game against the Bears and maybe it's because the Bears also but then score and come back and lose by three with Joe Burrow being awful throwing a bunch of interceptions there was three he threw three interceptions on three consecutive passes that's just so rare it doesn't happen in the NFL so Bengals plus four and a half that might be a look uh, for me on this show. The Broncos are 11-point favorites over the Jets. The Broncos finally playing at home, so they will get a boost there. Uh, and uh, the Jets just not looking good to start the year. Zach Wilson with the four interceptions in Week 2. As I mentioned, he is the fourth top five overall quarterback pick. So a rookie quarterback, top five overall pick, fourth one to have a four-interception 
zero touchdown game. The previous two that did it before him, Sam Darnold with the Jets, Mark Sanchez with the Jets. Not a good trend to be on. The Raiders coming off their back-to-back wins, a huge one at home against the Ravens, big one on the road against the Steelers. They are minus five and a half against the Miami Dolphins, and we don't know the quarterback situation with the Dolphins. We'll see what happens with Tua's injury, if it's him or if it's Jacoby Brissett, but the Raiders are a five-and-a-half-point uh, favorite in that one. The Tampa Bay Bucks against the L.A. Rams in what could be the game of the season so far, taking over for this Chiefs and Ravens game that we saw on Sunday night. Both 2-0 teams, and you got the Rams at home in L.A. as a one-and-a-half-point favorite over the Tampa Bay Bucks. Currently, though, the Bucks at plus one and a half is minus 115. The total in this one is on your screen, says 53 and a half. It is now 54 and a half, according to DraftKings. So one and a half, the Rams are favored, and 54 and a half is the total for the Rams and the Bucks. Hard to evaluate that game. Tom Brady as an underdog, you would think it's an auto fire, right? Uh, but the Rams, they look good. They look real good defensively. Off, they they just look good. Maybe uh, Matt Stafford, the missing piece that they needed there for that offense. Uh, elsewhere, the Vikings and the Seahawks from Minnesota. The Seahawks are a one-point favorite on the road there against Minnesota. Curious to see how this line moves throughout the week, knowing the Vikings' record as an underdog, as a home underdog. Uh and the Seahawks coming off a loss. Very interesting there to have the Seahawks as a small road favorite. And then you have uh, the 49ers and the Packers. That is your Sunday night game. The 49ers are a four-point favorite over the Green Bay Packers. This line will move based on what happens Monday night. If the Packers look like the Packers, on Monday night against the Lions, which I expect them to, then this line will go down. So if you think the Packers are going to right this ship and you like what Aaron Rodgers and company will bring to the table when everything's working for them, compared to the 49ers who have a ton of injury concerns, the running back room is decimated by injuries, some injuries to the defense, didn't exactly look like the high-scoring, high-flying offense in Week 1, in Week 2 against the Eagles. Get the Packers in now at plus 4. It's north of a field goal now because this line will likely move as we get closer and closer to Sunday night. In fact, it's probably going to move on Monday night after Monday night football. Speaking of Monday night football, next week, Monday night will be an NFC East matchup with the Cowboys as a four-point home favorite against the Eagles with a total of 51 and a half. Uh, Speaking of Cowboys totals, that was like the most disappointing result for me here on week two Sunday was that that Cowboys and Chargers game did not go over the posted total. It was the highest on the board, and I still thought it was going to go over because those two teams defensively, not much there in the secondaries. Um, Pass rush for the Chargers was great. Cowboys were missing their two starting defensive ends. Cowboys banged up. 
thought that maybe the Chargers and 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 Herbert would throw all over them. And Herbert had a really good game. At one point, he was 14 of 15, and the only incompletion was an interception that he threw. So none of his passes hit the ground, right, in his first 15 passes. But yet, they weren't doing anything in terms of scoring. They had two touchdowns called back due to penalties. One was absolutely atrocious. I mean, the officiating in this game was just really bizarre. There was an illegal shift called on a touchdown pass in the fourth quarter that the replay showed that no one was in motion. I don't know what the illegal motion was. So uh, Brandon Staley rightfully screaming at the officials. And then on the next play, I believe it was, when Herbert's trying to elude a pass rush, he's backpedaling. He has a stiff arm, so he's holding the defender back, and he throws the football away. They ruled him down because they said he was in the grasp. And I understand that they want to protect the quarterbacks here, but you got to allow the quarterback to make a play. He had a, he st- he was stiff arming the defender. Allow him to make a play instead of it being you know uh, third and goal or fourth and goal. Yeah, instead of it being third and goal from probably inside the five yard line, it wound up being back at the twenty two. They had an incomplete, or they they got a short pass over the middle, I think, to Eckler, and then settled for a field goal. But it was just an atrocious game officiating wise. Uh, so many chances in that game to score touchdowns. I'm just shocked that that game did not go over. But at first glance, Cowboys next week against the Eagles, Monday night football, could be an overplay. Uh, the Eagles, I thought it was going to go over against the 49ers as well. Did not. But against the Cowboys, those games tend to uh, always be rather back and forth and high scoring. So that is a quick look at your week three lines. We will dissect these games even further throughout the course of this show and then, of course, throughout the course of this week. But college football lines have been released for the upcoming Saturday in college football. We'll give you those when we come back. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Uh, It's The Look Ahead here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.